0: Welcome to our, our podcast and thank you so much for joining us. Um, I guess to start off with a little bit of an introduction about yourself, name, pronouns, what you do, um, background, disorder, you know, because that's, that's mainly what this podcast is about in case you were unaware before we invited you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Thank you for having me again. I just have so much gratitude for just being invited in general, so I really wanted to say that. So thank you. Um, so my name is Autumn. I am the editor-in-chief of Supply Magazine. We cover mental di- mental different disorders, many different mental health disorders, <laughs> from um, the perspective of the survivor, which I feel is very, very important, but also the perspective of a psychologist or any mental professional, and it's been amazing. It's been three years going on now, and so it's been pretty good. The pronouns I go by are she and her. My cultural background, obviously, I am Black. But like, if we want to get <laughs> if we want to get specific, um, I took an ancestry DNA test, and I'm Nigerian. And I had like different uh, parts pop up in Ghana and oh, wow. Ivory Coast, some other stuff that like I don't remember the name too, so, but a lot of African in there. I thought it was awesome. It's like so awesome to see like where your ancestors are from, like where you're from, what makes you you in that way, like body wise in that way, because it doesn't define you, but it's just, it was cool to know, especially since- yeah like my family doesn't have that kind of information. So like, it was just nice to have some type of answer towards like family history. You grew up in a
0: black family, yeah?
1: Yeah, 100% I did. Um, My stepfather is white, Mm. but he passed away. So that's a whole thing in itself. My dad is black, my mom's black. Um, And disorder, I was diagnosed with CPTSD, complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And I do dissociate.
0: you <laughs> <laughs> like exhibit A.
1: Um, I, so the dissociation that I experienced is, it's actually been a really interesting journey just with like dissociative amnesia, but towards the trauma itself in a specific uh, year, specific years of my life. So localized dissociative mm-hmm. amnesia and then dissociation, On the scale of depersonalization, derealization, um, but then also having a very mild type of different sense of self that will like kind of switch in for certain levels of anxiousness. Yeah, so that's something that I won't say what could be suspected because I haven't got diagnosed on that one and I never want to just, oh yeah, it's this. If Mm. I don't have that like backup from a professional in a way, just to be safe. But yeah, that's pretty much me. That's what's oh. going on in this brain.
0: <laughs> like that that's all that's going on. It's no, no, no big deal. Anything like that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Everything's fine. Everything
0: is fine.
1: That's the best mental image that came in my head. So I'm good. No, we're like, I have, like, I'm in recovery.
0: How has your understanding of your disorders changed? Or I guess that process of realizing that you had a disorder and your understanding of it now versus initially like realizing that, Oh, this isn't normal per se.
1: Right. I think like, it's so interesting because when you, man, So as someone goes through trauma, there's that whole phase that you don't even remember. So it's like, "Ah, I'm just kind of cruising. And then as you go on with life, you're realizing, oh my gosh, I'm having panic attacks. Oh my gosh, feels like I'm in a video game. Oh my gosh, I don't feel like myself. Like I literally, it's just so many different things that would pop up. And I feel like that time in my life had so many unanswered questions that I like, now because of Tall magazine and the people i've associated with and even yourself like those different channels different pieces of information and content have helped me to have those answers and so i feel like now i actually can understand myself and have more compassion towards myself because i know what the heck is going on <laughs> that's that's basically how i would put that one because um, yeah it's stressful when you don't know what you're, what's what you're going through
0: yeah yeah and then when you realize that like not everyone actually um you know doesn't really remember um their whole entire or chunks of their childhood or life and you're like oh oh that's uh, other people don't experience that oh i should seek help
1: yes yeah and the craziest thing is that i actually the one thing that helped me to realize hey wait i know that this happened to me like there's this knowing that we get but I don't have the memory anymore, but I feel like I used to have it. And that didn't pop up until I did a previous podcast. And they were like, yeah, we'll talk about your childhood. And I was like, sounds good. And I was like, Oh, there's not much popping up here. (laughs) And I was like, Whoa, I should go see someone for this. It was, yeah, yeah, it was the whole thing.
0: (laughs) How, How have you found that as well? Like, um, the whole therapeutic, um, process have you well I mean first off like getting into therapy initially did you find that you had to like go through a lot of because I know that it's different in each you know uh, country or whatever but did you find that you had to go through a lot of different therapists I suppose to find the right one to assist with you know your disorder because you know a lot of specialists or a lot of just generally um, practitioners and things like that, they don't know how to deal with trauma disorders of the sort. So did you find that difficult getting the right person initially Um, or have you had experiences of like, you know, basically therapy hopping to try and find the right person?
1: Yeah. So um, my very first experience was with like a school counselor and I wasn't like, I literally would hardly go to school. I think I went to school twice a week in three times on a good week just so much depression and things were adding up because i like the trauma for me happened when i was um like six seven around that range and so in high school it's like 16 17 like things are starting to like pile up and all those repressed emotions and things are like gradually coming out but Mm -hmm. in different ways so for me it showed up as depression and that's what the counselor kind of was like hinting at what was going on Um, and since then, like years passed and I didn't see a therapist, like I did not grow up privileged in that way. Like I did not grow up with like money to do that kind of thing. So you kind of just go around life untreated and you think it's fine. And Mm. it wasn't until a couple, like literally *Twa* magazine helped me to find the right therapist because I was hearing about other people's experiences with like, I had to go to a trauma therapist. And then they were saying I had to go to a trauma therapist who knew about dissociation. And I was like, Whoa, like, I know that I dissociate and I know I've gone through trauma that I can't remember. So that's who I should see. So I didn't have to jump around after I was aware based on the content I was finding and like people that I talked to. So I feel like honestly it was just, just so amazing that I could be around the people who would help me to find like who I really am underneath all the things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just realized as well, when you were saying that I was just like, Oh yeah, that's right. Because in, in the States, you guys don't have um, free uh, healthcare.
1: No. (laughs) Well, actually, so we do because i like my family was on free health care but it's more Mm. so just like if it's like low income type of thing yeah and i did try to see a therapist based off of that insurance like state insurance Mm. um but it was like it was a male and i at that time like didn't realize until i had. Our memory come back <laughs>
0: that like <Love> those.
1: <laughs> that I had a whole thing with like older men and I was like I just don't wanna I don't like that therapist, like it's kinda weird, so I just mm. didn't see him. So yeah. Yeah. We we do have free health care, but I just I feel like the the therapists that are there, I don't know if they have as much passion as those who aren't on that list specifically for those without insurance, which is something that like
0: because Australia's healthcare is great. You get 10 free visits to, you know, any um, psychologist a year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's free, (laughs) but yeah, you get, you get.
1: That's sweet. I mean, but what if like, you have. What are
0: 10 visits going to do? Yeah. (laughs) Look, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. (laughs) Like only 10. (laughs) We went hopping through maybe I think three therapists last year. Like I think the last one that we saw before our current one, she you know we got referred to her through our one that we had at the time that was like oh i don't think i can really help you but i'm going to put you through to this person went to her and you know was told that she specialized specializes in dissociative disorders and that she had a patient with did and then go in there and she's just like i i've never had a patient with did and i'm like (laughs) why and then there was one specialist I'm sure baristas will let me know whether I can cut this part or not cut this part, but there was one specialist that they got in contact with late last year. It said that she specialised in, you know, dissociative disorders, including of DID and OSDD. So baristas called up and was speaking to her on the phone. Like, she knew what DID was, and then when they said OSDD, she was like, do you mean OCD? And Bruce is <laughs> like, no, 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 OSDD, other to... specified dissociative disorder. And she's like, I've never... I've never heard of it. And then Bruce is like, yeah, it's in the, it's in the DSM five. And what she said was, yeah, I don't really keep up to date with the DSM.
1: (laughs) That's a lot that just happened.
0: (laughs) Like, oh, I didn't realize it was just like some magazine that you subscribe to, you know, it was like a cosmopolitan (laughs) something. Is that what the DSM is? like? Speaking of like the process of, of founding the magazine, right. And being a part of that, what were like, what was the initial goal out of that? And do you, do you find that you're achieving that at the moment, like with the magazine and, and speaking about so many issues like mental health and um, e- inclusive of like, you know, eating disorders and things like that? Like, how has that process been?
1: Mm-hmm. So starting off, the process was literally, it was originally like a clothing company. And so I was like, man, this isn't really going too well. But I have always loved asking people questions and connecting with people on a deeper level. And so I was like, what if I create a magazine and ask people questions and the people in it might buy some clothes? And so (laughs) that didn't work out. Um, we, I think we made $10 or something. So I was like, well, this isn't going well, but I love the process. (laughs) And And one person that I happened to interview, they said that they had a panic attack as they were going up a flight of stairs in Italy. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I like kind of whispering, I get panic attacks too. (laughs) And and we just bonded over that. And she was saying that someone should talk about that more. And I was like, yeah, they should 100%. And I just scrolled. I was like, yeah, someone should, not me, but somebody should. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I just do it? Like I have this magazine. I love asking questions. I can understand anxiety more than I can understand um, certain aspects of fashion and stuff like that. Because that's what we were covering. And so I was like, let's just go for it. So the first issue that we covered that was mental health focused was on um, panic disorder, OCD, just any anxiety disorder, really. And that was the only time I actually felt like full internally, like I was doing like my life's work. And mm. so even now, like I feel as though I'm doing that and there are different ways that we are implementing to be able to do that because I can't do everything by myself. So now I need a team to just mm. help me with the consistency of everything. But we've helped so many people to just have the terms of what they're going through. I, I, I understand that some people like don't define yourself as your diagnosis and I understand that. But when you don't have the term to tell a therapist like, hey, I don't have OCD. This is OSDD. <laughs> like there's a difference. Like it helps you to find the right person, get the right help So that you continue on with your life. Like it just, it means so much to me. It really does. Like I just, I get chills and like almost when I cry, but we'll hold that back. <laughs> um, so it's just, yeah, I feel great about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And ha- have you found that your, magazine like the company um in general as well has provided more opportunities and that representation as well of those groups to be able to be seen and and heard by society
1: Mm -hmm. so i honestly feel like the journey in itself has been interesting i'll kind of break it down so first actual like cover outside of the stock photo that i put on our first magazine issues i didn't have any connections to anyone um was actually this uh her name is nicole and she's an amazing black woman i she's just awesome and she was the first person to be on twa magazine the cover and talked about like confidence and things like that and as things were going on having like indian people mexican people hispanic people um just pretty much anyone who had a story pop on. And I feel like as things keep going and as I've even furthered in my journey, and it really does connect to my own story um, because my abuse actually happened from black people. Like, so with that, it wasn't until I actually seen my therapist, I was able to connect that that's the reason why I get so afraid on other black people. And so it actually started to like show up in different ways that I would like try to talk. Like I would just get like kind of shut down on talking to or like casting for a feature that was black. And so we would cast for a feature that was black, but then my own anxiety, like I'm shaky, they'll still submit the article and like it goes in, but I never felt like I was connecting at the capacity that I really could with my own like color until I actually acknowledged that like, okay, like I have a trauma that's connected to this specific piece. And Mm. that actually helped me to see that the black community in itself really, we have to get together more to really amplify mental health. Because Mm. as I went on to cast for more black features, I noticed that they would say yes. And I'm not just like, this is like legit how it happens behind the scenes. Like they'd say yes. And then I wouldn't get the article in. And it's just that fear of like actually revealing your story when your family, like black families sometimes are a bit gossipy. I know mine is and my friends are. (laughs) And so that kind of prevents us from doing so much. So I know it's like a huge thing what I just said, but Mm. there's like so many pieces to it. I feel like with your podcast, I can actually mention that because it's a lot of people of color who are listening and typically our families happen to just have this type of stigma towards themselves in a different way. And it like instills a sphere in us to release our stories. So it's been really interesting, but definitely do admire and feel passionate about sharing people of colors and anyone who's like not really represented, because that's Mm. also goes into different disorders, sharing their stories in magazines and like connecting with them. Yeah, Uh, because it's a different struggle it's like a silent struggle and everything with Black Lives Matter has actually brought that out like Mm. a huge secret that's like brought out on like how we actually feel when we go somewhere that we haven't ever said before
0: yeah and so
1: it's just yeah
0: how was your experience and is your experience I suppose following George Floyd like because that was obviously the the tip of how the movement this year has started right how's your experience as a as a black woman, you know living in United States during this time, because I know that there's there's still a lot that is going on there, and you know obviously racism hasn't just disappeared in a day, and it's still you know a global a global thing, right, but how is your experience of that following um all of the all of the protests that started this year
1: yeah, um, so I live in California. And I noticed that there's a vast difference between Northern California and Southern California. I grew up in Northern California. It's mainly just like um, those who are Filipino, um, Hispanic, and black people. And so I just, you know, that's all I was really used to. Coming to Southern California, it's a lot more Caucasian people. And so everything with Black Lives Matter happening, I actually went out, Black Lives Matter, George Floyd, Um, around the time that the video was released initially with like the passing and everything, I don't wanna trigger anyone, but um, I actually went out to eat that night. And as I did, there's like people yelling out of their cars, like Trump this and that. And I like political stuff. I hate getting into that kind of thing. It was kind of, it was just scary because you feel like all eyes are on you now. And like, you don't know, who's racist and who isn't yeah and with all that happening like it brought it into the forefront of my mind instead of the back of my mind and people are like yelling this and like i'm just like oh my gosh like i feel kind of like uh scared
0: i suppose uh, a question um from that as well did you experience much racism growing up or more so is it something that you experienced having had you know moved
1: um growing up i didn't experience too much racism that was overt i would say mm. covert like you get the side eye or someone like moves their purse because mm. apparently my skin color is because i'm a thief mm. so like you know little stuff like that um southern california i don't get that out here like overt, maybe covert a little bit the thing that really really changed which is quite interesting um it was my sense of confidence, um, in Northern California. Cause I'm seeing people who look just like me, like you're fine. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I'm great. Like, well, who, but then coming in a place where you don't see anyone who looks like you, everyone else looks different. And you're literally in every single way, the opposite. Um, it really put a damper on my own self-confidence mm-hmm. and I had to then like, just based on the recovery that I've done already and talking to people like therapists or my coach. I was able to just embrace who I am. And like the one way that I express myself is through my hair. So maybe I'll change my hair. I'll put some dreads in really embrace like my black power. I like it. I, it makes me feel very empowered. It's like my favorite style. Don't have it in right now because it's the whole thing, but like <laughs> it's um, yeah, it just changed my it's like self-esteem, which is really, yeah. really interesting and pretty hard too.
0: Do you find that that then in turn has a knock-on effect on, you know, your dissociation and your dissociative symptoms of, you know, derealization and depersonalization? Do you find that that is often impacted by things like your mood, whether it be due to, you know, the impact of racism or anything else going on in life? Do you find that that's a a knock-on effect?
1: For sure. I mean, like, just the fear, anything like that's pretty anxiety. I sometimes I even get a little dissociated when I'm excited. So that's interesting, Mm. but, (laughs) but definitely like it, uh, it makes me feel at first sad and down. And then you just kind of get into this headspace where everything's like just a bit fuzzy, I guess you could say. you like, Mm. you just know that you're not really there um, because I'm just, connecting so much
0: it feels like very hazy I mean at least that's my personal experience with it it just feels like I'm just walking through like a very thick fog at those times I'm just like not entirely sure as to you know what what is reality in the sense Mm -hmm. of because obviously it's very different for those who dissociate um, what that sentence could even mean compared to those who have um, schizophrenia for example so what I'm talking about on a dissociative scale as to what you know me thinking oh is this reality it's more so that everything just doesn't quite feel like it fits me describing <laughs> dissociation while i dissociate <laughs> Not that. how how do you find the time I suppose, to to manage your own uh mental health during that
1: yeah so it's a whole thing i make sure that i take out time for me because business um It just gets so. Sometimes can just be so much, and you're not a robot. Like I have feelings, and I can only do so much, and I can get stressed out. And knowing that I have CPTSD and dissociation can play a factor. If I overwork, this girl is gonna be dissociated for a little while. Like Mm. it's not gonna be great, and I can't really. I can connect to people. I think because I've grown up with being dissociated all the time so i can still do my thing but it's just not going to feel the same Mm -hmm. um to be really real like throughout like earlier this year when everything in the community was like going haywire Mm -hmm. sometimes it can be hard to make that separate at that time it was extremely hard for me to make the separation between my business and my mental health Mm -hmm. and they were starting to integrate and intertwine and i was like so i think i was crying every day like it was just so much happening i was like i can't freaking do this like yeah. <laughs> so i had to help have someone hire someone to help me out yeah basically I meant like um someone to help me with my mind mm. um because it was not good and from that point i realized like i can't let that happen mm. because it really can mess me up like yeah it's just
0: not... with with the organization um of the you know of the conference and everything like that this year was that for you like the first time being involved I suppose in the within like the such a large trauma community like as opposed to like maybe like smaller groups that you had been a part of or like people that had trauma that you'd um you know interviewed and things like that was that your first time being involved in such a large community and obviously like you said you had it was it's very there were struggles of, you know, taking all of that on board because it, it's a lot.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I was so like gung ho for it though. Like I really, mm. I, I struggled the same things. So like, I really didn't mind. It was more so, it was the first time I've ever um, been that invested in a community, I guess you could mm. say, because typically mm. it's like for about two months, we'll just cover a couple of topics Um, like eating disorders schizophrenia ptsd um just things like that and it won't really actually like we'll cover different things with features and maybe tap into readers who can relate but it won't actually be an ongoing like for months on end and so if entitled to life it's entirely different it's like very invested in dissociation and trauma Mm. and that is fine by me because i can relate i have friends who can that i appreciate so i don't mind the whole thing was just the drama that was attached. Yeah. Like that was that was wrecking my brain. i yeah. like, oh my God. It went from well, zero to a hundred really quick.
0: Do you think that it still met most of your expectations or do you find that due to, you know, a lot of series of unfortunate um, events that have occurred uh, in and outside of the community this year that it didn't quite have that same feel that you wanted it to have when you initially started planning it you know in in December last year
1: Mm -hmm. um so I really live by just not trying to have this like set in stone expectation I just flow with things so I was like definitely up like upset like when I found out from our event manager um that's at Hyatt so the venue Mm. uh that we can only have literally 45 people per room, I was like, whoa, like, I, I started crying, like, that's a huge thing. Um, so I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, please, what the heck? And so that was upsetting. But when we actually had the virtual events, and it was like, as much as we could just use our resources to make things happen
0: it exceeded
1: my expectations in every single way even when I originally planned the event like the energy that everyone has like how amazing the community is mm-hmm. how much everyone bonded how you could just be yourself like you don't have to explain what a system is you don't have like everyone just accepts you like that was literally like the best feeling I had all year it was so worth it I mm-hmm. went through a lot But it was so, (laughs) it was so worth it. I'm so serious. Like I was the next day, it was my birthday, Mm -hmm. uh, the first day of the event. Like the day that we actually ended everything, like I was just crying. I was like so happy because like there are people who freaking live like 30 minutes away from me who understand what dissociation is. And there's just some, and I think it's so awesome. Like, yeah, so it it exceeded Mm -hmm. my expectations and I, I, you know, that's fine with me
0: during the whole entire experience this year, there are certain things that you have, uh, learning points you've taken from that that you want to apply to next year's event and things that will even maybe make it less stressful upon yourself when when going through that. You know, again, we've got like a, almost a whole nother year until then.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, something I really realize is that i am just be super honest, (laughs) the biggest thing is just making sure um, that everyone does feel like they can be themselves around each other, especially speakers, like that's a huge thing to Hmm. make sure that everyone feels like they are wanted. Um, Trying to do like any type of damage control is another thing, if there is any. But that I honestly feel like, and this is not all events. I think this is just the morals that I have within myself, but like, I feel like everyone should probably just want the best interest for everyone who is speaking. Like we are all... Speakers are now, like, we have a chat that we all just talk with each other, like, that that mm. relationship, like, actually not playing face, like, when we come on the stage, we all like each other, like, yeah. just not trying to force that, like, it's okay if you don't like someone, that's okay, like, we don't have to force this, and mm. so I definitely learned not to force, you know, yeah. so something like I'm going to go, it's just not going to go, um, another thing that I learned is having captions, the whole, like, ha- switching to virtual was, somewhat of a last-minute thing that I had to learn on my own because the team that I have is for in-person not for an automatic virtual and so I was like wow I'm by myself on this and so everything like I just wish that we had captions just Mm. for those who are deaf and like you know um, yeah also let's see what else well, I want to get the community together more. Like I think that should happen more frequently. And so next year, as we go on and like mm. um, get closer to the event, just having those virtual kind of meetups because that really helps. Like especially if you don't have anyone around who can understand you. So it was just I just love the community. I think it's awesome. It's great. It really is. So. Mm.
0: Yeah. I remember when we first found the um, community, sorry. Hey, Moxie. Um, I remember when we, <laughs> I just like, yes, hello. I want to join. Um, yeah. When, <laughs> when we first found the community, I mean, this is initially like back in like, you know, Tumblr, Tumblr days. And yeah, realizing that there are more people like that, there are other people out there that experience the same symptoms. It's just like, wow, I'm not, I'm not, you know, weird type of thing. Um, I think for me personally as well, like seeing everyone, you know, get involved in the community, you know, this year, and also those that have been um, part of, or just those that had been getting ready to, to be at, or to be viewing in this case, the, the um, entitled to life conference being able to see more representation and just see more people from a diverse range of, like, d- diverse walks of life, right? Having people that have different comorbid disorders, people that are different races, people that uh, identify with different um, gender identities or sexualities, like, people that are disabled, people with different, um, like, you know not just being like, oh, thinking, oh, disabled as in like, oh, you're in a wheelchair, but all the different range of visible and invisible disabilities, it's been really, yeah, just eye-opening and wonderful to hear everyone else's stories and experiences, and I think, like, we're certainly very thankful um, that you at at Twa Magazine, that, that you have been able to, you know, kind of get the community together for such a large scale event because yes while there have been you know there's been you know online like people have discord chats or things like that but the like the the large scale of this and having something like this for the community and and by someone who experiences those same symptoms and has been you know someone who has lived through trauma rather than you know someone that that hasn't had any of those experiences has been yeah just really heartwarming to have and to feel like there's someone that gets us that's part of you know this this dissociative you know trauma community that has has created this event and for people of all walks of life like i said to be able to you know join and be part of it and different speakers and people who are you know psychologists like therapists um you know, like, like Danny and people that you had on that have their own experience with the disorder as well. So being able to know that, you know, Mm -hmm. there can be a a future and careers and things like that for those who may want them and that you don't have to necessarily be defined by your mental health disorder.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 100%. I love you made me almost cry boxy. Thank you. I appreciate that so, so much. I um you mentioned Danny and she, mm. oh my gosh. So so awesome. Like something with Danny is I really, really appreciate how she's not only coming from a mental health professional perspective, but like lived experience. Mm. So it's not like, oh my gosh, I've got my first DID case. It's yeah. like, no, I can relate to you. I know what an inner world is. Like I just, it was, it's such a different type of connection that I feel like we should have more of in the mental health space with our own therapists. Like, it's just a, it's a different level of understanding. And I really appreciate how she does not get rid of any of her parts. Like she Mm. works with them every single day. And I just, it's just amazing. So Yeah. yeah, I just, yeah. Awesome. yeah
0: it's it was really good to to see that that representation there because you know i mean for us um we we've 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 known and we've been friends with you know multiplicity and me for a couple of years so we already you know knew that they they were studying and that they're doing that they'd been doing their degree and that they're now um what do you call it assistant something i forget their title but it's like being uh, able to also honorary, see honorary something honorary, or other.
1: honorary assistant psychologist I
0: yes think. that's that yeah. yes that sounds right so yeah, knowing that there's, there's more than, you know, one system out there. And even for our own experience with, um, uh, we like throughout doing our interviews and stuff like for our podcast, um, I do believe it's serenity system, I think is there, their Instagram handle, um, of also meeting well not meeting, but as in, you know, meeting them. Right. And mm-hmm. being able to, talk with them on Instagram and things like that, because they are a system that is also a therapist um, and they're also a person of color and just being able to, yeah, have people like that is just like, it's really inspiring. Um, yeah. And that's, I, I suppose as well, a main reason why we wanted to to talk to you and to interview you is because being able to have more people who, are trying to figure out the right wording. Just people who are making something of themselves however they deem fit because we... You know, we did an interview for our podcast with um with Runny um for uh, with Bun from uh, Runny Babbitt System, um, tongue twister, um about you know success and things like that. But just being able to have people that experience the same symptoms and have um similar disorders, right? But are also people of color and have that reflect over to how you are dealing with life and your symptoms and life after trauma, but still being able to achieve the things that you want to achieve in life. It's just really inspiring. And like I said, part of why we wanted to to have you interviewed like on, on our, on our channel and for our podcast, because being able to have all of those different types of representation is helpful to put out there to the to the general public for people that don't even have you know uh, trauma or dissociative disorder to be able to see how we all interact with the world but also for people that do to know that they aren't alone.
1: I really I honestly really appreciate that like it really does help just to know that we're actually helping people to feel that way and like mm. it is different when you see someone who you can relate to and you have some commonalities with And doing the things that you want to do or even representing and using their voice to say like you can get through this and recovery is possible. It's a freaking road when you go through trauma and you have dissociation attached, but it's very possible. And so I just thank you for like that confirmation because it really meant a lot to me.
0: With your experience of being a a black woman in the business industry, how's Mm -hmm. that been?
1: So that is very interesting. Like I said before, my trauma has to, it actually dealt with my skin color and those mm. of my skin color. And so it, like this level of confidence just wasn't there. And then me knowing um, how potentially some people who are white or Caucasian would see me definitely did affect how I was in my business mm. because I wouldn't want to show my face. And I'm like, no, let's just do a phone call video chat. Nope. And so I just, I always thought that like, they're not going to want to work with me because I'm black Hmm. and it hurt me. So I didn't, at first I was like, Oh, like maybe, I don't know. I didn't really think much of the, the fear behind it until I actually thought about it one day. And I was like, this is actually making me not love myself for who I am and my amazing color. Like Hmm. this is just me. And so once I actually embraced that, I was able to then show my face to those who I'm working with or clients or, um, anyone who wanted to collaborate in my company. And it took some time because of the fear behind it all, but I just had to get past that, um, that fear of like, you're not going to want to work with me because I'm black because it really did like hurt me from doing any moves that I felt I could do, but then like physically, I just couldn't have myself. work up the courage to do so it was a journey
0: yeah Do, do you find um with going through um therapy and things like that do you find a lot of what you i guess discussed during that because obviously you know it would be discussions over trauma but do you find as well like stresses from your work life also reflect into discussions that you may have, you know, with a therapist or or medical health professional that it often reflects into that? Because obviously, like I said, you know, it's, it's something that can be stressful for you. Um, Do you find that that's something that you also have to deal with alongside everything else that has happened to you in life?
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, I feel like when you just mention anything to your therapist, you know, I just mentioned everything that happened. So like I tripped over yesterday and now I'm like, I just mentioned anything. So that definitely popped up a lot for mm. me when it comes to work. Um, but right now in my life, I'm actually focusing more on my mental health. Um, just mm. because I, like, like I said, localized is amnesia. So I don't have those memories mm. consciously, but recently I actually got one of those memories back, and that was a whole thing I had to like take off work because mm. I was like, Oh my god, like I'm dissociated beyond measure right now, which for mm. me it's pretty scary um because the level of like just not being here is so insane that I just just it's really it's horrible that's mm. all I had to say about that really bad. um so yeah, it's. More so mental health, like, I just put that as a priority over mm. work because yeah. I have to make sure that I'm still recovering because I can't do my job if I'm not on that journey or on yeah. that path. I'd be a hypocrite. <laughs> like, I talk about mental health.
0: <laughs> so Doesn't practice anything. <laughs> the, the work that you do as well, like, on, on your own mental health, I suppose – is that something that you've learned mostly from any like therapeutic experiences right or is that something that now because there is so much information available on the internet and things like that because obviously you know there there are people out there that don't have access to therapy and so have you found that there are other steps that you've been able to take to ensure that you're maintaining um you know that that certain level of of mental well-being
1: mhm So for myself, I definitely for a while just kind of did like self healing, which is basically whatever you can really get your hands on to help you as much as you can. I felt like it was more so coping than healing. Hmm. Um, and I know that it's so, so hard. Like if you aren't, you don't grow up with like money or if you don't have any like jobs, especially with like unemployment, like being skyrocketed right now because everything's shutting down. Like, it can be really hard and I definitely understand that cause I did not grow up with all the resources in the world. Like we really didn't have anything. And so I definitely did a lot of like searching on YouTube to help out, but what really helped me was reaching out to professional. Mm. Um, that help. And also just one magazine to the content, but that was me talking to people and like, they told me, yeah, maybe you should see someone because I such and such. Mm. I know it sucks not to be able to get that help, but if there's any way that someone could find a free resource that's close to it, or even like a a group, um, held by a mental professional or like any community that can help with that healing, definitely go for it. Mm. Because I feel like, the struggles that we go through are so isolated within our bodies and within our minds that it's, it can be hard to administer healing upon yourself if it's only to you. Like, but if you reach out to someone, then it kind of shifts things and you can release in a different way. And for me, talk therapy helped, but actually releasing that like anger that I had towards my Mm. family, um, anger towards my mom. Anger towards anyone who watched me when I was a child or abused me when I was a child. It's like releasing that, whether it's yelling or like everyone's different. (laughs) But that, that helped me a lot. And also um, like meditation helps a lot and doing things that aren't, too surrounded by trauma helped too. Like just diving more into who I am as a person. What do I like? Like, I like very spiritual things. I loved Tibetan bowls. I like tarot cards. I like it. Like not everybody likes it, but I do. And like, I really felt like me using those different interests helped me to become more of myself Mm. to then help me along the healing journey. Yeah. So it's a, the interesting answer. I'm curious to know what you, like what your answer would be. Cause do you feel like. I'm
0: interviewing new, you, not the other way around. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm like, so I, I know I'm like, cause I interview people mm. all the time. So it's natural, <laughs> but like, um, Ooh. what do you mm. feel like by you embracing your individuality, even as an alter, like, did that help you to heal? Cause everyone has a different experience.
0: Yeah. That's it. That's it. Hmm. Wow. I didn't realize how hmm. interesting question. Interesting question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I mean, I feel like the, the most progress, so to speak, that like we've made on our own healing and, and, and coping journey has been in the past year since we've been seeing our specialist, um, because when, when we were initially diagnosed with DID, like three years ago, even though we'd been seeing, like we'd, we'd been ongoing, off going, like seeing a therapist before that, um, I think maybe 2000, 2013 or 14, I think was the first time that we'd seen a therapist. Um, but when we started seeing our specialists, or no, we were diagnosed 2017. We were seeing someone ongoing off going before that, but because of where we were living in rural Australia, even though we were diagnosed, um, we, there wasn't anything resources there for like, you know, trauma dissociation, anything like that. So we kind of didn't really know what to do. It was, it was helpful during, you know, the past three years to have interactions with the, with the online community though. um, Because having, having those friendships and being able to kind of just vent or just discuss even just like daily life things, but Having people that kind of get it and understand was really helpful for us. Um, but I think once we started seeing our specialists last year, we gained a lot more insight because it was kind of the time where we were finally somewhere that our brain, you know, thought that it was, you know, safe for a lot of other memories and things like that to start seeping through. So, being able to speak to someone that was a professional about that on a more, I don't know, intense level type of thing was really helpful um, for us. But I think personally as well, having like kind of realizing as well to, that I don't have to fit in one certain box. And I think that also came along with our, you know, gender transition i guess journey initially like back in 2016 or 2015 when we were on hormones but Mm -hmm. being able to be back in sydney and be not in a cis normative environment kind of thing because we used to be you know working in a bank before we were you know before we Mm -hmm. left due to a, a harassment from a work um a work member not fun but having like, yeah, not being able, not being in a cisnormative environment was really helpful and feeling comfortable enough to start back with testosterone earlier this year and still express ourselves in a feminine way when we want to. And as an alter, I identify as non-binary as a system, though, we usually just, you know, when we introduce ourselves as Ezra, we say, hi, I'm Ezra. I'm, you know, queer non-binary because being able to acknowledge within each of us you know the difference the differences of gender identities and presentations more so than that um has been really helpful in looking after our own mental well-being and being able to be ourselves and yeah I forgot what the question was to be completely frank um but you
1: answered it (laughs) it lovely
0: <laughs> me just goes off on a tangent like what
1: was the is again? like basically just allowing yourself to just be you and whatever wants to be expressed just express yeah it and like not being yeah exactly enough. yeah that makes sense yeah i think you know something that's really interesting like when it comes to lgbtqia like uh coming from san francisco like mm. that like it's, it's so normal to me but like to other like in other communities it's like not uh
0: Not that there are people that still, you know, don't look or shout derogatory terms, but it's generally more understood or like accepted kind of thing. Even if you can kind of get that vibe from someone that they kind of like don't agree with whatever the hell this is, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Is that they, they don't outwardly say it and presenting ourselves how we want to present has been really helpful for our own mental health, you know, dissociative disorder or otherwise, right? But then also finding just things that we like to do, like, you know, making videos, doing interviews. And now that we're living um, in a house rather than an apartment, we have started getting into gardening because baristas have, baristas really like their gardening. And so we've started, you know, we've got like freaking zucchinis growing in the backyard, like zucchinis, carrots, corn, tomatoes that we've hooked up to, you know, the washing line or whatever.
1: Yeah. Mm. Something that I, Just like adding on to what you said, really, Um, like, and being able to embrace who you are. it, It really does help to feel safe enough to do the actual work. Because in traumatic environments, we can't dress the way that we want, or we can't dive into what we actually want to do. And then that just makes you feel more and more constricted on top of the stuff that you already have going on with like trauma. And so I just, I've noticed that a lot of people, when they embrace themselves, like, it seems like their journeys um, can keep going. Mm. So It's it's interesting. Yeah. Recovery journey. Can yeah. Keep
0: going. Yeah. Like, I know that, like, one thing that I really want to do is to be more involved, I guess. I don't know whether it involves the right word, but like culturally, because we are part Jamaican and, because our parents, you know, separated when we were younger, like we don't know much about dad's culture. And even like, cause we speak to him on messenger every now and then, but because he also wasn't really that involved in it because he grew up in the UK, like I want to, you know, research and look into more about the Jamaican culture and kind of just, yeah, be, be able to be part of it in some sense whether it just be in my own home and, and having certain certain items or being able to get my hair done and just things like that because feeling so you know I suppose like hashtag mixed kid problems is like feeling so yeah disconnected from that aspect of my life is something that I also want to to bring together and I think maybe that's also just a like something as being a part of a system as well is because of being so you know being one person that's so compartmentalized is kind of wanting to bring all of those aspects that make us us type of thing together not necessarily talking in sense of fusion right but being able to bring all of those elements of like our likes our dislikes our our culture and things together to gain a better understanding of ourselves as a whole
1: yeah I get, I know exactly what you're talking about. It yeah. really, um, like you said, it's not like fusion, but it's, what's a good word that I could use? I feel like it really just, I don't know. I know what you're saying though.
0: <laughs> yeah, you pick up what I'm putting down.
1: <laughs> because um, Danny actually explained it too. Like she will, um, she will read a certain book and like it. she says it helps with all of, her parts to just come together and absorb and like Mm. enjoy something with each other in a certain way. So yeah, honestly, it just, I feel like it helps people to see that, that aspect of self expression, Mm. um, and combining things that you like with all, like your entire system in any way that you'd like to do it, you don't have to force anything because, some. you might not have everyone be on board with it <laughs> but just like that expression helps with the healing journey so yeah. i think i thought it, like meant a lot just to mention those things so
0: yeah 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 i think that's like the main thing as well with our channel as well being able to do that alongside like working with a lot of um like like getting together with a lot of a lot of black um creators to put that that representation out there and that's that's why we changed like a lot of like the stuff I mean amongst like all of the community drama and stuff that was happening this year that we were just like you know what we're going to change content to be something that is authentic that we want to do rather than you know following you know a certain you know YouTube trends or anything like that that were happening and wanting to do stuff that we're just like okay we want to do this because we want to do this not because it's you know that whole entire like keeping up with the Joneses type of thing and yeah yeah, I realized as well when going through like, you know, certain comments or like, you know, people that will send us things on um, Instagram or any other social media sites is that there are so many people of color that just want to see that representation. And I was like, like, because we have, I mean, it's not like a large following, but because we are kind of like one of the, the, you're, largest definitely
1: have a following yeah. we have yeah well yeah <laughs> like, uh, I think don't have one million
0: following. but <laughs> but yeah being a, a system of color with such a large following and wanting to yeah voice out more things about race and racism and because there are people out there that listen and people out there that watch our content and because they find us relatable and they find us. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I got this really nice message as well from um, this, this person that's recently been diagnosed, um, you know, with DID the other day and it was like a voice message and, you know, shout out to this person. If you're, um, if you're listening to this or watching this, but it literally made me cry because it was so heartwarming and them just saying that they, you know, all the previous people that they'd, they'd watched online or found information about, they were all, you know, Caucasian. And for them, you know, coming across us, it was like, like a, a beacon of light was one of the quotes from what they said. But for them to, to say that, it was like amazing to, to, to know that we're making a difference. And obviously, you know, we don't have to get messages from people to know that we're making a difference, but to know that there are people out there that are feeling more comfortable within themselves because they have seen any of the collaborations that we've done with people on our channel and stuff that we're putting out there. It really just makes, you know, the stress of doing things, you know, Worth it and organizing all this stuff worth it, because it's like we want people to to have that representation because when we you know first started our channel three years ago, we didn't really have that, and it's like being a minority within a minority, and yeah, yeah. knowing that there are people like you, it's just like, oh my gosh.
1: Right, 100%. That's amazing. You're in your life calling. You're impacting people. around the applause. Thank
0: you. Thank <laughs> that's you. That's so <laughs>
1: awesome. No, it really, really is. And that's why I just enjoy the podcast too, because it's, it's important, even if it's someone who maybe um, they, their trauma includes their color. And so when it comes to their color, they're not really, or their race or ethnicity, like they're not very It's not something they want to discuss. Mm. I feel as though just having that representation in some way along the road, not forcing anyone, but just along your journey helps so, so much because you can kind of put yourself in that, those person that person's shoes um, and just see that it's possible. And you can just relate. Like, it's just a different connection that we have. It's, I don't know, it's just, it's amazing. It just really is amazing. So it's like, I love what you're doing. Because it's just helping you're doing. like open more <laughs> eyes, raise more awareness too. Mm. So yeah. And I people even still think that eating disorders is just a white purse, a white woman's mm. disorder. It's not, you know, but we just need more representation to show that it isn't. That way yeah. more people can come out and say, I've got an eating disorder. I have a dissociative disorder. And yeah. have more confidence knowing that, like, you know, there's representation for me. What would be your
0: advice for Black people or people of color that do have, um, you know, a trauma disorder, dissociative disorder or other um, mental health disorder that may be wanting to make their own business or their own company? Like, what would be your advice to them?
1: Mm -hmm. that's a really good question so my advice that's a good question my (laughs) advice would be to get whatever vision you have for your life down on paper write it down you already know that you've probably gone through trauma or you have dissociation eating disorders schizophrenia like whatever the case may be let's not put that on paper because already know write down your vision (laughs) because that is something that it could in some way intertwine with your healing journey because even for myself like i want to impact people in the way that it can reach them back to who they truly are on the inside like expressing who they are like if you want to go outside with a skirt and boots do it like who says that you shouldn't just because you're not the right gender quote to do that like just Mm -hmm. actually being who you feel like you are on the inside individuality but that tied into my own healing journey without me even trying and so if you just have that vision down know what it is believe in it look at it like i'm a firm believer in looking at the vision say it if you like, but say it in the way as if you already have it. It might sound cliche, but it does do some work. Um, And even just doing that every single morning and envisioning yourself, it can be hard to envision and visualize when we are going through a flashback or um, anything coming up like rumination with trauma and association because that happens. Like it's Mm. not the easiest thing to just do. But just know that that desire that you have within you was not there without any reason. Like it's there for a reason. And I truly do believe that it intertwines with your healing journey in some way. Yeah. Um, so that, that would be my advice. Also, if you really just wanna go for it, cause I'm one who just goes for it, like write it down and then write out two steps that you can do towards that vision. Um, and however long it takes you, that's fine. But just know what the steps are, break it down as simple as you can for you and just mm. do it. Even if you have a set a timer, I have a horrible issue with procrastination. <laughs> <laughs> so timers are my best friends. <laughs> um, but just like try- the way that I was able to change my situation, even growing up in poverty, like extreme poverty, I had to envision something that wasn't my environment and wasn't my current situation. Like the way that we know recovery is there is because we're envisioning Mm. not being in a way that's not very functional. And so you have to come to some point, and I'd say, like, making sure that you feel grounded because it's really hard, I know for myself to think bigger or envision if Mm. I am very anxious, like that's just not going to come naturally for me (laughs) (laughs) and don't fault yourself for that either. Um, But if you just really, really try to dive into what your desires are, what is your vision for life? Like, what do you want to do? What are your passions? What are some things that people told you that you suck at that you really love? Like write those down and see if you still want to go for it Mm. and try to think of like, what's stopping me from going towards this because that's a huge thing too because something Mm. that was really stopping me happened to be fear and anxiety and then that tied into trauma so like the stuff really ties into your healing journey so just Mm. write down your vision and then see what's stopping you and like if there is a step you can take then try to take that first step and just have faith in it and trust because it takes some time and, um, growing up as a person of color who did not have any like major financial resources. Like I literally, we, some days we couldn't even have like McDonald's, like, and which is super cheap, but just the a per- analogy or perspective, um, in those situations, the only thing that you're really thinking of is like what to eat and stuff mm. like that. So whenever you feel like you're in the position to actually visualize and write down your vision, then do it but don't mm. like shame yourself for not having a huge vision um, and stuff like that. Cause it's only going to make you hurt more. Mm. So that's something I had to realize too. Like some people, um, I, I don't want to I don't know how much time you have, but I'll finish I, up. <laughs> yeah, no, please keep going. <laughs> so something for me is like just feeling at times I would feel bad. Like I'm not going after, like, I don't feel successful. or I'm not going after my dream and it's like i didn't grow up with all the resources so i have to try harder and when we look like if we're driving and we keep looking at the person on the side of us in their road and their lane we're probably going to crash so just work with what you had i had to have i had to really work on my self-compassion and even now because it's like i don't it's just it's not the same (laughs) Like, I, I have to work with, like, processing memories that are coming up. Like, I've got to work with um, seeing if a flashback is going to pop up in any moment, like, yeah. <laughs> without notice, <laughs> like, or dissociating and then trying to figure out what someone said. Like, just, like, little things, little things like that. Like, it's just the journey is so different. And if I try to compare or if I look at someone else's situation without even knowing, like, it's going to make me feel like junk. It will mm. just make feel that way. So it's important to just see what you have and just focus on you. Stay mm. in your lane as much as you can. Yeah. Self compassion, because you're probably doing as much as you can. But if you mm. can push a little bit, then do that. But don't force yourself. Like, mm. just don't do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> we're just like, so switchy today because like sometimes we've got like one of um like the weather sometimes um plays into one of our triggers so we're like so switchy and like i didn't want to interrupt you i came to like maybe halfway through all of what you were saying and i'm sitting here just like who am i talking to what am i doing this is one of moxie's interviews okay cool (laughs) but I oh, like your God. answer to whatever the question was hi I'm Curtis
1: hi Curtis I'm autumn we're about to end
0: from the entitled to life twa magazine I like yes. I, I switch back to my screen I'm just like okay I'm looking at the zoom screen I'm like twa magazine I'm like autumn autumn it's autumn okay cool lovely this must be one of Mox's interviews cool
1: I think I was literally explaining in the answer. I was like, inside I have to go- deal with not remembering what someone says, and then you just like say, "Oh, I man. was like,
0: oh no, just <laughs> <It's not laughs> on to me."
1: <laughs> uh, but basically, to finish the question or the answer, like literally, self compassion. That's mm. literally it. Just self compassion and writing yeah. down your vision. And
0: Alex, yeah, that, that sounds like a, a wise plan about life. I'm sorry. I'm the worst. Um, yeah, no, that that's, <laughs>
1: It's okay. We can, we can go like, we're good. We've did, got did, so did, much. Did to we attend. ask all the
0: questions? Oh, good. Good.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Autumn. I hope you have a good night. I,
1: huh? I will.
0: Oh, I was gonna say, I hope you have a good day evening. I don't know what time of day it is over there. It is afternoon
1: it's 3 44 so oh, i'll okay. have a good evening
0: have a good evening <laughs>
1: <laughs> bye
0: bye autumn <laughs>